0: Welcome to the Cool Girls Only podcast, where we talk about the
1: excitement and uncertainty of navigating our 20s. I'm Jordan. And I'm Maddie. A cool girl is on a journey to becoming her best self, and we're here to share our thoughts and learnings every Friday with you. Welcome to Cool Girls Only. Hey, cool girls, happy Friday. Maddie here with a super quick solo intro, just here to introduce this exciting episode. Jordan had the chance to sit down with Nina Mullen, who is the co-founder of Hilma, which is a natural supplement brand. Super excited for you guys to listen to this. I think we've just been really into health lately, and it, it was just a super good chat with Nina. Like Jordan killed it. I think this was a really timely topic for us. We obviously were super interested in learning a bit more about Hilma and her journey to starting Hilma, but then... Um, Jordan and Nina kind of dove into some different topics surrounding health, one being digestive health. So definitely listen in. Obviously our rec for the week is Hilma. Go check them out. They have a lot of different categories for different issues you might be experiencing, and they're a very trusted natural brand. So really excited for you guys to hear. Enjoy our episode with Nina Mullen, the co-founder of Hilma.
0: All right, so welcome Nina to the Cgo Podcast. How are you doing today?
2: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I love your shirt, by the way. You look so presentable. Thank you. <laughs>
2: this this is my I had some important meetings today including shirt. So I'm glad you appreciated it uh, and noticed it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. My um. My dad actually has always worked from home and I remember growing up, he would have like a super nice collared shirt hanging on his desk chair. So if someone important called, he would like put on this, put it on. You know, yeah, yeah. power myth, power myth. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining today. We're super excited to have you here. Um, could you start by telling our listeners a little bit about Helma?
2: Yes, definitely. Um, So Hilma is a company that I founded with my two co-founders back in 2019. Um, We are a natural remedies brand. Um, We create all natural herbal supplements that are kind of meant to be used as a replacement to, or in addition to traditional OTC um, healthcare products. So our original insight when we started the brand was pretty much that every consumer category, whether it be personal care, household cleaners, cosmetics had a better for you natural option, but the medicine cabinet still really felt stuck in the past, um, with brands like emergency and Tums still being in the same cabinets as people who are otherwise buying natural and herbal mm-hmm. products. Um, so that's really what Hilma aims to disrupt.
0: Awesome. So starting on this conversation, we wanted to ask you more of like how did this journey come about? What has your experience been like creating this brand, this company, this community? Walk us through like your entrepreneurial side of this um, endeavor.
2: Yeah. Um, so I personally have always just been really interested in, in entrepreneurship and in its various forms from like a young age. I always had like little businesses that I was starting and folding and starting again. Um, but this idea specifically, um, it, it, it really just came about out of the blue. We were not looking to start a business at this point in time. We all had other jobs. Um, and it, it specifically happened around the product emergency originally. Um, Lily, one of my two co-founders, was coming down with a cold and she was over at my apartment Um, And she was like, Oh, do you have anything? And I was like, I actually do. Um, And gave her like some crusty old emergency that i had had for like five years. And she was like, isn't it so weird that you own this? Like you of all people you have, like, I'm very natural. And like a lot of my other, the way I eat and other products that I buy and all of that. And so that was really the aha moment for, for Hilma. And we brought that to Hillary, who I had gone to business school with and we had kind of kicked around some business ideas that never we never uh, did anything with um, when we were in business school. And the three of us just started working on this idea and we worked on it for nights and weekends for a little over a year um, before wow. we actually made the leap to to leave our jobs and start the brand full time.
0: Awesome. How did you know? And we tend to ask like all female founders this question. So I'm so curious what your response is. How do you know when it's time to leave your nine to five job?
2: Yeah. So for everyone, that's obviously different. I I actually, along with all, all of my co-founders, are very risk-averse um, people, which in some ways makes us unique candidates for entrepreneurship, but I think also makes us better entrepreneurs in a way. Um so we we probably waited too long, is the answer. For us, we were like, when are we going to get tired of this idea? When are we going to disprove this thesis? Let's do like everything we can to convince ourselves not to do this. And then if we're still stuck with it, like we'll actually do it. And that's what worked for me. I mean, it was a very big deal for me to not take a salary um, when we first started, which obviously like everyone's different in their own circumstances and all of that. But if you are someone who, you know, is happy doing anything other than being an entrepreneur, then you might want to consider doing (laughs) that other thing. Um, So that's, that's how, that's how we did it, but obviously
1: everyone's different.
0: Yeah. What are some big tips you would give to some of the female entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs listening? Maybe something you learned along the way that you feel like isn't talked about enough.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess the importance of people and team probably is already talked about enough, but it's just something that, um, I certainly couldn't have done it without, um, my co-founders, but also just the former calling upon like every former boss and former, Employees and people who I mean, having no shame of of reaching out to like anyone and everyone as it relates to like helping you get the business off the ground and and the continuing success of the business. So I think just like building that community before you try to start a business is is great. I think that it's really really hard if you don't have those, those connections in that community when you start off, because you're going to need them so often and need to rely on them so often. So that's something that probably is talked about a lot, but I'll try to think of something that's more unusual. Um, well, I mean, for us, um, for us, like we, we work in a world of creating physical products. And so I think, Nobody, uh, really advised me on just like how hard that is and how things kind of move on a different timeline from what you want. And like, we're all very efficient and very type a, um, operators. And so when we were told like our first production run was delayed because there was a raw material that came in that didn't come in, we were like, but what? Like, no, like, you know, so, so I think like learning to be, amenable to just this, the forces that are exist in the world that can work against you and and figuring out how and when that's outside of your control versus not.
0: Yeah, that would be tough. I think going back to the team thing and not only the team thing, but communicating your idea and your business to the community that you have or your network is something that we always hear from people. And it makes me wonder, do you feel like you kind of have to be an extrovert or maybe have extrovert qualities to be a successful entrepreneur. If you like need to communicate all the time and make sure that you have this network who's in line with what you're doing.
2: Um, I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of famous entrepreneurs who are introverts. So Mm -hmm. no, um, I, I happen to be an extrovert. I think that there are different ways of being effective at the core job functions of, of being an entrepreneur. And when I say entrepreneur, like there's also people who are entrepreneurs who actually choose not to lead, lead their own business yeah. when they get to like a certain stage, because they just, that's not the part of the journey that's exciting for them. So there's lots of different flavors of it. So when I say it, I mean like someone who actually continues to operate, um, a business. I think, I think that like it or not selling your business is, and by selling, I mean, selling it to vendors, selling it to future employees, selling it to investors, you're always going to be selling your business. Um, and so being kind of knowing that and being Mm -hmm. comfortable being like, I'm going to say the same story 20 times a day. And like there, you have to get something out of that. Like you have to be the type of person who's like, okay with that. And I don't think that, that, that only extroverts can do that. Um, but I think you need to balance out your own strengths, um, and weaknesses with others on your team. So I, I do think that like, usually extroverts are less good at, you know, deep thinking cause they're really reactive and they want to mm-hmm. like, get so, so th- then you need to have someone on the team that kind of balances that. And so if you're an introvert and you're a founder, like maybe you're finding like a head of sales really quickly, or a co-founder who's like more it likes doing that stuff more than you. So I think it's just about,
0: no one has everything.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I'm excited to switch gears because I want to talk about digestive health. So this is obviously a huge topic on our podcast. We talk a lot about health supplements. What are we doing in our day-to-day lives to feel better mentally, physically, obviously digestive health. I feel has blown up so much in the last few years. Like I'm seeing all these supplements. I'm seeing all these brands come up. I'm hearing about how I need to take a probiotic. Cause if you're not, you're ruining your gut. Um, so like, why do you think this is such a hot topic right now? Or why do you think it kind of blew up in the last few years?
2: Yeah. So I think that, um, a lot of people, especially young women, um, had kind of been silently, suffering with digestive health issues for a long time. Many of which, I mean, the gut is really not well understood. And so, um, part of, part of it was that, okay, people were just suffering silence because these aren't issues that a lot of people like to talk about, like chronic bloating or chronic diarrhea or constipation, like, you know, don't in our society doesn't necessarily come up like for everyone that often depends on the family you were raised with. Um, but I think that all of that, obviously this whole, like being more raw and real with like, you feeling more comfortable in your own skin and just like positivity around body and what people's bodies go through, I think was happening at a time when, there was also a lot of advancements in the scientific research around the gut and the importance of the microbiome and what's going on in people's gut. And so those two things kind of happened in parallel, um, and created this explosion, I think around, um, people admitting, so it, it, it's not like the issues weren't there before and mm-hmm. they were always there. It's just kind of the, the cocktail that allowed them to kind of come to the forefront in, of people's, you know,
0: Psyche. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree completely. It's something that always comes up and we have a lot of friends who will message us or they'll call and say, you know, what are you taking Mm
1: -hmm. right now
0: for this issue that I'm experiencing? And I think you're so right. There's, it's always been an issue. We just never really talked about it. And I also think like I grew up with, um, IBS and me I remember too. I to, have IBS
2: too. I'm guilty, guilty as Yeah. Far.
0: Like I remember going to all these doctor's appointments. I saw so many doctors, I did so much blood work, so many tests. And at the end of it, they were essentially telling me, we're not really sure why yeah. your stomach isn't normal, but we know that you're experiencing pain and that sucks. And maybe these prescription meds could help. That was the end result of like years of doctor's appointments. So like, that's, and also that's so many other women are experiencing that at the same time. And I feel like everyone is just sick of it.
2: Yeah. And, and it's also, I think it's so hard because so many of these conditions, even once they become diagnosed, like, okay, now we know that you have IBS, unfortunately, well, what do you do with that diagnosis? Um, they're actually, these are chronic conditions that there are, there are, there is no cure. There is no medication or anything that can, um, really cure this problem for people. And so it really is about lifestyle adjustments, understanding and education around what are triggers, how to avoid them. Um, and then of course, if you have a flare up, um, uh, of whatever condition it is, like how to manage that. And mm-hmm. that's obviously where, where Helma comes in.
0: Yeah. I also wanted to, talk to you about melatonin. Um, so I was stalking Hilma's Instagram feed the last few days. Beautiful, by the way, very sad. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Our um, am very happy to hear that. I have nothing to do with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I saw you guys reposted something from CNN. I think it was from CNN, um, or reference CNN about how melatonin is a hormone, not, um, an herb. You know what I mean? Like so many people, I know so many people in my life, friends and family, who are literally taking melatonin every single night and they feel completely dependent on it to get a good night's sleep. So why do you think this has blown up so much recently? And also, you know, from your education perspective, point of view at Hilma, why, like, what can we do instead of taking melatonin? What are the kind of the negative side effects of this, putting this into your body every day?
2: Yeah. So, um, it's a really interesting conversation that's that's happening more now like a lot of big media out, outlets, which is obviously why we posted that CNN article, are picking up on this because melatonin has been marketed as a natural sleep aid um, for a really long time, which in some ways it is, right You're not taking um, an ambient or you know a, a strong drug um, to to fall asleep and knock you out every night. Um, melatonin basically the way it works is it, it helps your circadian rhythm, um, which is regulated by hormones. Um, so it is, it's a hormone that helps Mm
0: -hmm. kind
2: of change your body's like circadian rhythm or reinforce what should be your natural circadian rhythm, such that you're able to fall asleep when, when, when you should be able to fall asleep. So for most people that's at night, um, and I think the dangers, it works really well for some people, which is obviously why some people, as you said, like can be hooked on it for, for a period of time. It also doesn't work for some people at all Mm -hmm. because um, their circadian rhythms are different or, or what have you. But if it is, if you are someone who works, who it works for you, you know, everything in moderation, right? There's nothing wrong with taking melatonin. You're not going to you know, overdose. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's not something, there's not some really negative side effect to your question around, it, uh, taking melatonin every now and again, that said, um, there are people who just are more, there's more and more research that, com- that is coming out around, you know, what hormones do if you take them for extended periods of time and kind of wanting to avoid hormonal treatments, um, two things, especially, with women, um, mm-hmm. and so in terms of alternatives to your other question, obviously Hilma <laughs> has a great <laughs> uh, melatonin-free product called Sleep Support, um, and you know the main mechanism of action in that product um, is L-theanine, which is if you think about like green tea versus coffee. The caffeine, high you get from coffee, which is often associated with like jitters versus like the caffeine, high you get from green tea, which is associated with kind of like a, a more smooth and, and, and less jittery um, mm-hmm. caffeination buzz. Um, so L-theanine uh, is actually extracted from green tea, obviously does not have any caffeine in it. It's actually the, the compound that allows for you to be caffeinated without being jittery, if that makes sense. Um, and so it helps you relax and it helps you fall asleep. And then there's also a bunch of herbs in that product, reishi, passion flower, um, and a few others that, that have been clinically studied as well to, um, really help restful sleep and, and help you fall asleep most importantly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there are definitely other, other products and, um, treatments. I mean, the other thing for sleep, which is like, nobody wants to hear is the regularity of like going to sleep at the same time, having mm-hmm. a sleep ritual, all the things that we've all heard a million times. Don't look at your phone in bed. I say this and I'm someone who looks at my phone in bed constantly, but it, you know, it's those things really can make a huge difference to, um, to helping people who have kind of chronic insomnia and other sleep issues.
0: Yeah. The other thing I heard too, and I don't know if this was referenced in that CNN article or not, but the fact that melatonin isn't regulated by the FDA means that melatonin you buy at the store doesn't necessarily have the same like dosage of melatonin as some other bottle that you buy, maybe even from the same brand. Like it's very unregulated. It's not standardized. So in a way we don't really know what we're even consuming a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. So there's there is
2: a, there's a lot of bad actors, obviously, that exist, unfortunately, um, who don't do the proper testing for their products. Um, melatonin actually is regulated by the FDA in that all um, supplements are regulated by the FDA. The problem is the FDA doesn't have enough funding and enough time to actually crack down on all mm, of the, okay. um, all of the companies that are selling products, especially with how popular a lot of the, you know, there's a million brands nowadays. Um, so the, the main thing that you have to look for as a consumer is brands that are third-party tested and even better than third-party tested, third-party certified um, about what's in the product. So for example, Hilma is clean label project certified which is one of the most rigorous certifications that you can have on the potency and the purity of your product and what what they do is they actually go out into the market and they'll buy your product anywhere the spot basically spot test your product so they'll buy it anywhere that a consumer could buy your product so you're not able as the brand to send them like mm-hmm. oh one batch (laughs) of product, which was good. Um, and they test it in their own third-party labs for like a whole panel of, of different, you know, potential plasticizers and heavy metals and all of that negative stuff, um, that could make it into a product in order to like certify it. Um, so you're just looking for brands that have gone that extra step, that honestly, the FDA, if they had the resources, would do for every product. But unfortunately, it's left up to the brands themselves to differentiate yeah. themselves in that regard.
0: So, clean, it was clean label um, certified, right?
2: Mm-hmm, clean label. Then, product,
0: yeah. Got it. So, then is there anything else you would recommend to people when they are looking for a new supplement, even anything like any sort of product that they're buying? What other things are you like? doing in practice when you consume products?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I personal recommendation is, is huge, right? Like we all have that friend who's tried like every, I don't know whether it be like, you know, I have some friends who have tried like every like dairy free yogurt. (laughs) And when I found out that I had like a dairy intolerance and sensitivity I just went to that friend and was like, what's the best one? Like, I don't have time to go to taste every single <laughs> one right now. So like you find that person for each of the categories that you're buying. And 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 I really rely on on those friends. And I also have influencers who I love for certain things, like certain lifestyle hacks or tips and tricks. Um, and I I just go to those people who've kind of done the research for me. Um, and then, yes, of course, there's other certifications as well. Um, clean label project is one, um, you know, non-GMO, vegan, um, organic when possible. Um, you know, all of that helps make those decisions, but the reality is that there's a lot of brands that do all of that already. Um, so I, I rely on personal recommendation for weaning it down even for,
0: yeah, no, that makes sense. Um what do you feel? So obviously we've talked a little bit about supplements and there's so many in the market today. Like I'm on Instagram. I, every like five seconds, I'm getting a new probiotic like ad. Um, what do you feel really makes Helma stand out and how is Helma different than some of these other brands that we're seeing all these ads for?
2: Well, so Helma, Helma's really unique actually in, in our, formulation approach in terms of the types of conditions that, that were formulated for. And that's actually in some ways our biggest differentiator. Obviously we have an amazing board of scientific advisors and we have, um, amazing like third party testing, as I said, and things like that, but, but let's just pretend that, uh, that some other brands are doing that too. Um, the biggest differentiator for Hilma is just is the area that we play in in digestive health. So unlike kind of a daily supplement or even a probiotic that you kind of have to take every day and like hope you see the effects of over time, all of Hilma's products are formulated to be used in a moment of need. Um, And you can actually feel them in that moment um, working for you. So our gas and bloat if you take it within 30 minutes, you're most likely, um, gonna feel better than you did. And so like, it's different than, um, kind of a, a multivitamin obviously Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, so that's kind of our biggest differentiator is, you know, is how we choose to, um, interact with certain conditions.
0: Yeah. I I never thought about it that way, but I keep thinking back to, like for me, I use ritual multivitamins mm-hmm. and a yeah. probiotic and it's like, yes, that's great that it's a part of my everyday ritual, but also once in a while, like I ate some shit. I'm not feeling good. Like I need help.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we serve different functions and like well, yeah. most, most people, most of our customers are taking a lot of other products every day. And, and Hilma, you can take Hilma every day. Hilma is safe to take every day but Helma, for, for a lot of people is like, this is your medicine cabinet staple. This is like something that you need to have in your travel bag mm-hmm. or, you know, at home so that if you or whoever you live with needs it, it's there.
0: Yeah. What let's say someone who's listening right now is just starting out. They're not even taking a multivitamin yet. They have some digestive issues. Like they're overwhelmed with the space in general of vitamins, supplements, those types of things where would you kind of tell them to start? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about gut health
2: in general is it's, it's really personal. Um, so it, it, I would say where they should start is actually with like a food diary of like, and it's not only food, it's kind of just a diary of times of day of levels of stress of how much sleep you got. Um, and, and then of course food, um, which is a huge culprit in this, um, and, and, and alcohol, which is unfortunately another huge culprit in this. Um, just trying to understand your own, like what, what is happening? Because unfortunately there's a million, I would love to say that like, Oh, go on this multivitamin and this probiotic, and that's going to fix things for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like if, if you, if every time you drink alcohol, you're literally like, crazy healed over
0: like, yeah. crazy
2: bloated the next day and like have horrible diarrhea. Like I'm going to raise, go ahead and raise my hand here. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't mean that I never drink alcohol. Like I will do it and like suffer through, but it does mean that like, okay, I know the choice that I'm making and I'm not yeah. confused. I'm not confused. What it happens <laughs> later, Like what's happening to me. So starting to pay attention to those own kind of rhythms in your, in your body. And, um, and just understanding why certain things, why certain react, you have certain reactions. Um, and then of course, doing your best to, to limit, to limit those. Um, and yes, you know, there are certain things like probiotics, another area where there's honestly too much out there right now, yeah. um, in terms of brands, marketing messages, all of that, like probiotics are great for just of course, like keeping, keeping, um, the bacteria in your stomach alive. I actually don't take a daily probiotic. Cause I can find, since I have IBS, I can actually find it to be irritating mm-hmm. to, to my system. What I do instead is eat a lot of probiotic rich foods. So obviously like sauerkraut, kombucha, anything fermented, Um, yogurt has, you really have to eat quite a lot of yogurt, but, um, to really get it, but, but, you know, things like that, it's great to just kind of try to incorporate into your diet. If you're someone who has more of a sensitive stomach, if you can withstand a probiotic, then go for it. Um, you know, we love the ones, um, like seed has a great probiotic and, um, there's a bunch of others out there as well. Um, and then, and then from there, of course, like you know, having products that make you feel better. If you do have a flare up, um, like Hilma, um, are great (laughs) to to have on hand.
0: Yeah. This is a random question just popped in my head, but I'm curious, how do you know as a consumer, if something is third-party tested?
2: So oftentimes, um, the company will say something about it. Um, so it might say third-party tested on the product, which is a claim that you do have to be able to defend, um, like with the FTC, not the FDA actually. Um, and then the third-party certification. So if they actually have a vegan certification or a clean label project certification or a non-GMO certification, those are, those are signs that the product has been um, verified by
0: outside mm-hmm. unbiased kind of people. Um, last question on this topic, if you are leaving for a trip tomorrow and all you're bringing is like your purse, what Hilma product are you like? I have to have in here for you personally,
2: for me personally, it is our heartburn and digestion relief. Um, so I am someone who, who struggles, I, I actually, in addition to having IBS, I'm, I'm fine. I'm very healthy. Thank God. But I've, I, but I do have these kind of issues, which is obviously one of the reasons why, um, I was so excited about Hilma when we thought of the idea, but, um, I, I also have an ulcer, which is most of the time in, in not active, but just exists forever. And so if I kind of have as I mentioned on trips where you're eating differently, you're sleeping differently, you're drinking or doing things that you wouldn't otherwise be doing. I can have like a very acidic, like sour stomach. I don't actually get heartburn, like uh, kind of in mm-hmm. the traditional sense of the word. Um, but that product just is amazing at neutralizing like excess stomach acid and just generally making your entire digestive, um, system feel a lot better. So that yeah. would be another one.
0: All right. Last question that we ask everyone, um, <laughs> final question. So what advice would you give to women navigating their twenties?
2: Wow. Um, well I'm out of my twenties now, um, a few, few years into my thirties. So I feel like I'm actually a good person to ask this question to <laughs> Cause I'm like close enough, but like still far away. Yeah. Um, I think that it is, it is both such an intense time and such a fun time that try to like take it for what it is. Like it's, it isn't your entire life. Um, try to enjoy the parts of it that truly are the magical parts of being a young adult and not having all of the responsibility, but having all the fun. Um, but also not putting too much pressure on yourself to like go crazy in your twenties because it isn't your whole life. And like, you still can have fun in your thirties and forties. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's not like, it's not like you're about to die. Knock on wood, <laughs> Like when you turn 30, like that, so don't put too much pressure on yourself to like go crazy, like take time, take the time that you need.
0: I love that. That's such a unique response actually. Cause usually oh, really? we hear, yeah, I love that. Usually we yeah. hear people say like, you know, enjoy it. Have the time of your life. Like you're 20. You know what I mean? Like it's when you're in it, you're like, am I not doing enough? Like, should I be clubbing every single night and yeah, you know, waking I, up hungover? And then it's like, yeah. no, your life doesn't end at 30. There's so it, much uh, more.
2: It does not. Um, I, I, I actually, from time to time, still wake up, hug over, believe it or not. And I'm in my mid (laughs) thirties.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. We've learned so much today and yeah, this was great.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was great to finally catch up.